Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of HK Video Game Experience. Here with us today is me, Clearfire, and missing is the H of the HK is Hollywood Cole. He is out today. He is hidden in some remote location in a bunker, squirreled away by the Air Force, and will not be with us for tonight. But in his place, we have the incomparable Swinging Thunder. Swinging Thunder, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I finally feel like a normal human being after having COVID at the end of January and then my son getting the flu uh, the first part of February and then we, but me and him both getting a secondary infection the midway through February. So basically all of February was spent being sick. It was horrendous and that's why there was very little podcasting done that time. I mean, I pretty much slept. So that was my February. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing better then. Uh, we, me and the little one, have been very lucky since the pandemic started, and hopefully that luck will continue. I hope so, dude, because uh, I will tell you this. It, COVID is no joke. It is not fun. It wears you out. Um, it was just this past Monday of this week that I finally started feeling like a human being, the last day of February. So it took that long to fully recover from all of it. So, But aside from that, all that, so how else is everything going? Swing and Thunder, you've moved away from us here in Mississippi, and now you're in Texas. How's everything going, man? I absolutely love it here in Texas. Uh, as me and Coastal will attest there from our small town in Mississippi, uh, the internet where we lived at wasn't the greatest, so it's a, it's a nice luxury to be back in civilization. Uh, Austin's a beautiful town, city. Uh, me and the little one have done something new and adventurous every single weekend. It looks like that will continue for the foreseeable future, and if we ever do get bored, San Antonio is only an hour away. So other than traffic, absolutely loving the job, loving where we're living at, missing family, and that's about that's it. That's awesome, man. And two, I've loved seeing all your adventures you've posted off your Facebook page. It's been great seeing that with you and your kid. I love following up on that, and I can't wait for us to sit down and do our Gamer Dad Chronicles of you which hopefully we'll sit down and do next week. But wanted to get an actual H&K podcast out and not another either Gamer Dad or Smooth Ramblings or um, Fireside Chat. Wanted to get us another good, solid uh, H&K out. So so while we did this, and like I said, Hollywood, hope you're listening. Hope you're enjoying getting to listen and not and having to do anything this time. And hope you are doing well. And I hope the military... Hasn't, doesn't keep you away from us too much longer because we want you back. Okay, so tonight what we're going to do is we are going to do a blind read of an article, and I've got four of them for Swinging Thunder to pick from. So we've got <clears throat> the first one up is the 20 hardest games for the original NES. We have the best games to play on the Xbox Series X. And we also have the best Nintendo Switch games. And we have the best PS5 games. So four fun articles that I have not read yet. I just saw them, saved them, and said I want to do a fun jump-through review on this. And it was so much fun to the last blind one we did. So what's your pick? So uh, give me one second here. I have the pick in my head, but... Uh, PS5, I'm going to pass on that one. I've been trying to get my hands on a PS5, so really don't know if I want to rub salt in the wind on that one. I do have a Switch, but pretty set on the games there. 
First runner-up is going to be Xbox Series X. Your boy just got him one about a week and a half ago. So I got an Xbox Series X, yes. got the nice TV with the 120 hertz refresh rate, and I don't think I've touched my PS4 since, <laughs> but I'm loving that. But I, I think that, and I want you to send me all these articles actually after we're done, but I would love to do the 20 hardest NES games. I think that would be the most fun on okay. this one. But I can't send you the articles afterwards because we still have to buy and review them later. So we got oh, we're going to buy and review the other three? Fun. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's keep okay, well, up. never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tonight we are, it looks like we're, and excuse me for my coughing, guys, I'm still battling that from all the sickness, so I apologize for that. But we're going to review the article. This is from Yard Barker. I have no idea where I found this from. I just, one of my random stumblings of looking at articles while I was sick. And actually, I, this one was, uh, from about two days ago, so it's actually not that old. Um, it's 20 hardest games of the original NES console, and it was done on, like I said, on the website Yard Barker. So you can go to Yard Barker and look that up and read it if you want to. And we're going to lure on through it real quick. So, <clears throat> like I said, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like they're going from 1 to 20. So let me scroll all the way down to the bottom, and we'll start from the bottom and go up. All right, so... <laughs> this is the perfect game to start on since we just Beautiful. since we just dropped a podcast on it. Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link is number 20 of the hardest games. What's your thoughts on it? I've already said all I could in a podcast just recently. No, I know. Um Oh man, it's kind of hard to start with this one though. I I mean, it is a hard game. I will I will definitely, you know, agree with that. You know, it's very which I do love about the Zelda games and a lot of like games like that. But I mean, there's not a lot of direction. It doesn't hold your hand. It's just get up and go. So um, I can definitely see that being hard, especially if you don't know some of the tricks with, I don't know, you know, taping the buttons down on B or A on the button and, you know, yes. power leveling that way. So I can agree with Zelda 2 being in the top 20. I mean, I, I kind of have to see the rest or, you know, as we go through the rest of these games, but I mean, I don't think that's a bad one to start off with. with number 20. No, I don't think it's bad to be number 20. Cause I mean, it does have its challenges, but you know, like we said on the podcast just recently, it's just not, it, it just doesn't have funness to it to make it even have, you know, want to be played. So number 19 on this list is Contra, which I find kind of funny because in a way it's hard in a way it's not. So, what do you think about Contra being 19 on this list? I'm kind of with you. So once again, this is completely blind. I mean, you hit me up yesterday about this. Uh, I personally find Super C to be harder than Contra 1. And um, as I've said this before, and like I said, this is just you know a little brotherly love to Coastal, but uh, Coastal's five years younger than me. So when we played Contra, we would do the Konami code. And I would beat the game on about five to ten men, and Costa would do it with about 50 of the 60 men between yeah. us. So, so, so Contra, I don't, I mean, it's a hard game. It's a lot of muscle memory, but I think Super C was harder. And I don't know if you ever played, so they had Contra 1, Contra 2, or Super C on the Nintendo. And then they came out with Contra 3 on the Super Nintendo, but actually a Contra 4 came out on the Nintendo. And it's like Contra Adventure. It was a really weird one if you've never seen never or played it. One. Never played and that one. So it, it would switch. So you know how Contra 3 was the first Contra to do the up, you know, the above yeah. view as well as on the side. So they implemented that on the Nintendo game. And it didn't, I mean, it wasn't the greatest on the Super Nintendo. 
it didn't do it much better on the Nintendo. And uh, that game, I wouldn't say, was super hard either. But, yeah, of all of these, Super C, way, way harder in my opinion. Contra, I think as much of all of us played it growing up as kids, the muscle memory, I mean, the patterns really weren't difficult once you got it down. So, I mean, if you were an average gamer to an above-average gamer, it's a challenge, but I don't know if I would say, like, top 20 hardest games on the Nintendo. This list should get interesting as we go. I have one that sticks out of my head, what I will not say until we get closer to the top, but I'm yeah. sure it's got to be in the top three. Yeah, I mean, Zelda 2 definitely is harder than Contra. Um, I kind of get why they put it on the list, because... A lot of people felt like they had to do the Konami code to beat it. But after you've played it a few times, it's not really that bad. I mean, like you said, you memorize patterns, memorize everything. It's it's good to go. So, all right, next up, number 18 is actually a game that I do like. And I do agree with being difficult is Blaster Master. So, unfortunately, I never, I played it, played it a little bit. But I didn't, it was one of those games I didn't like own or have a friend who I could borrow it from, you know, to play it all the way through. That was a blockbuster rental yeah. uh, back in the day. This was and, definitely, a, uh, a, this is definitely a Video Visions game. Like whenever I was, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> sick or whatever, I would be like, Mama, can you go, go go pick up Blaster Master from Video Visions for me? She'd come back with it and that's what I would play. So I never owned it myself either, but I rented it like all the time. And it was just one of those games that, it's it's got its hardness to it, but it's still fun. You know, it, it makes you want to keep on playing it, all the different features of it. And I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but it just definitely was a fun game to me. And that, I, I remember it more for the f- <coughs> for how fun it was than it being difficult. I mean, there's certain games that, you know, you remember both the challenge and the fun playing it. And there's a lot of other games where it's either one or the other. I remember that being way more fun than I remember going, wow, I'm very frustrated playing this game. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's, it's it had its fun factor. So, oh my gosh, this is a great one. Number 17 is Top Gun. When we did our uh, 80s movies game uh, podcast several years ago, this was one of them, and we talked about how difficult it was, and the fact that it only has, what, four stages? But yet, we never seemed to be able to get to all of them. You know, it was just crazy difficult for no reason at all. So, I always found the landing to be the hardest part. It wasn't the actual levels that was hard, and I forgot, it wasn't Angry Video Game Nerd, but there was somebody on YouTube very, I mean, they, they basically uh, stole that shtick from the angry video game nerd, but he was super, or maybe it was him, now that I think about it. Somebody was super mad, and they actually were able to pull it off with the power glove, the landing. They oh, could wow. not land it with a controller, and then they were able to do it with the power glove. And the more I think, it might have been the angry video it game might nerd, because I think he just, he might, I think he lost his stuff, if you will, once he was able to land it with the power glove. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, now that you say that, I'm like, I, I found, so I went back to Forest uh, a couple months ago and started rummaging through my parents. They, they have a shed out back. We call it the barn. And I found my old power glove. So I've got my old power glove. And I think I'm going to have to go get a copy of Top Gun now and try to play just this to game it. with a power glove just to try to fe- just to see if I can do it. Because I'm, I always had a hard time landing the plane. Like you said. It was a landing for me. I think it was a landing for everybody because, I mean, you pretty much can get through the stage just fine. There wasn't really anything just crazy challenging in the stage. 
except for the refueling, which that, you know, once you figured it out, it wasn't really that bad. But that landing, I mean, you you can't do it the same way twice, it felt like. No, agreed. And I mean, when I look back at Top Gun, I, I think the level seemed easy because going back to the arcades, the game that me and Coastal loved playing at the arcades was Afterburner and Afterburner 2. Great. It, it oh, seemed great very games. similar to Top Gun, you know. And it's funny you say that, you know, you went back and went to the barn. And so according to Coastal, I can't find it. And he'll have to help me find it. But at our parents' house, supposedly, I, we did not get a lot of video game systems at the same time most kids did. We were always a generation behind. But the one time we were spoiled, supposedly there's a virtual boy with two games at my mom's house. I have not seen it. Coastal Hush your mouth. There, but I have not. Yes, I had a red oh alarm, a red vector, and Mario Tennis on it. Oh my gosh, dude, you got a gold mine there, dude. You better go find that thing. If I can find it. If I can find it, yeah. I'm, I'll be back in town um, here in a couple of weeks, actually. I'm going back for spring break for the little one. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, you yeah. Go, go rummage, dude. You find that thing, man. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I, I remember a friend that had a Virtual Boy, and that was the only way I played it. And man, that's 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 you starting to bring out the nostalgia in me. You're going to get me all sidetracked from from this. Well, the the thing about the virtual boy, though, that was killer to me, though, was like I loved it. It was way ahead of its time. But that TV stand, that little kickstand that it came with. So I used to take towels and I would pillow around my head and lay on my bed and I would put like a towel, almost like a like a rubber band, if you will, to keep the goggles on my eyes because it would just hurt your neck and your shoulders if you sat there with that kickstand for longer than like 15 minutes oh yeah no no that's awesome dude that's hilarious (laughs) all right so moving on man i'm already starting to not like this list final fantasy is number 16 of hardness on here and i mean i i guess just because i'm an rpg solo gamer person i don't find these games hard i find them fun i find parts of it possibly challenging but i don't ever consider it hard or i don't even can put it in a list of hardest games that's crazy what do you think so i agree with you i don't find it difficult i think what we have to remember and i I think we've talked about it before on the podcast and i forgot on which one i think it was like when we were doing the top what was it 100 super nintendo games so when Nintendo came out, you get, you know, you could see it with Zelda, Zelda 2, Mario, Mario 2. Nintendo and those companies were just throwing things at the wall to see what would stick, you know. And I think as a gamer, if you if Nintendo was your very first home console, how many people were really rocking, you know, ColecoVision or an Atari, maybe? And so if you've never played a game like that, you know, you're 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, you got a Nintendo, and you're like, what is this? Why don't I get to swing the sword? Why don't I get to jump? Why don't I get to do this? You know, and they don't understand the concept behind it of leveling up, getting experience, etc. Or even the simple of, okay, use an opposing element or, you know, get your armor up or get your attack up or what's the right weapon or right mix. I'm trying to remember fantasy one because it was i think six classes right warrior monk red mage black mage white mage Mm -hmm. and thief i think were your six classes i think so too you know so so if you did nothing but warriors 
you had no magic users, you know, you get so far and you can't beat it. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it's difficult, but I could see where certain people who had never played an RPG before would have a difficult time with the game. I mean, I guess for me, it's like when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, I've played Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest by this time, you know, because Final Fantasy wasn't the first Final Fantasy I played. Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3 are my first ones, or the American versions, which that's actually, what, 4 and 6? Or 5 and 6? Yeah. I forget. I always confuse it. I know 4 three and, six and 6 is 2 and 3. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know why I always try to make 2 into five i don't know why i always do that but um yeah so final fantasy one didn't come around for me until after i'd already played two and three and then i discovered final fantasy on the nintendo went back and played it and it's you know i I guess i already knew the mechanics and just rolled with it but i kind of get your point where it could potentially be a difficult game for people that never played one but also too this wasn't a hot game in north america it was more of overseas and especially in japan so who knows? Well, it goes so. back to what I was. It goes back to what I was saying before, though. I think is once again with the Nintendo. How many kids was at their very first home video game system console? And you know, a lot of Nintendo games. There was if you didn't read your manual, sometimes you were lost. I mean, uh, you guys mentioned a, a game that I absolutely love, and I didn't know anybody knew about it. Uh, Clash at Demon Head. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like you're sitting there playing Clash of Demon Head and you've never played a game like that, you know, and it's really it's cool, sure. but you're just kind of like, you know, okay, well, why do I keep going around in circles on this map? Well, because you didn't find the extra level to get you to the extra road. And like I said, a lot of games in Nintendo were like that. I would say the Super Nintendo Sega was probably, in my opinion, the best balance of we're going to guide you in the right direction to a game, but we're not going to hold your hand. Because, you know, you look at tutorials now and it's just like, Push the X button. Hold yeah. the X button. You know, move your stick at a 47-degree angle and jump this way to get past this part, you know. Opening the case of a new video game is nowhere near as exciting as it was when you did it back in the day. Because when you opened it, you had a manual, possibly a map, other pieces of information in there. The game, you know, it was an experience. Now it's just like you open it up, get a disc, shove it in your system wait an hour and a half for it to load and download everything and then you get to play the game i absolutely agree with you i remember (coughs) zelda one having that huge map that you would fold out i mean there's other games that's done things like that too but i agree i I miss that and that's what i like about limit so i hate to jump to a side but that's what i love about limited run games my toe jam and earl back in the groove came with a nice thick little mini manual with it so nice to have that those little touches in there i've got the um Castlevania Requiem series that they just that they had on their site here just oh, recently. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it reserved. I got the big collector set, so I got like all the fun stuff in it. And I also have the uh, Knights of the Old Republic one that they put out too, uh, pre-ordered with its big set too. Because I was like, those two I cannot miss. You know, I love those games. So looking forward to playing those. All right. So here's wow. Okay. So. I saw the bottom uh, of this image, and I thought it was one game, but it's actually another. Um, number 15 is Double Dragon 3, The Sacred Stones. I never played Double Dragon 3 that I can remember. So, yes. I, I don't know. Top 20, it is a difficult game. I beat Double Dragon 1. 
I did beat Double Dragon 2. I think it required a Game Genie for me to beat Double Dragon 3. Now, I could be mixing my games up, but I think Double Dragon 3, you know how there's uh, the options with the Double Dragons for Friendly Fire or Non-Friendly Fire? I think, if I remember correctly, that's not an option in 3. Like, you can hit your teammate, number one. Number two, the only way to get through that game is to spam the Cyclone Kick. That's it. So so the um, the little... uh... I can't even think of what you call that. The blurb. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, man, the COVID, COVID tears <laughs> up your brain bad. So um, it says, for some reason, they decided to ratchet up the difficulty for Double Dragon 3. It seems like they overcorrected. We are left with a game where you get swarmed with enemies, but you also take bigger hits to your energy bar when you're attacked. The balance just wasn't there, leaving Double Dragon fans to go back to the first couple of games. Agreed. I, I can agree with that. I remember it being difficult. I remember, like, once again, spamming Cyclone Kick, and, you know, and if I remember right, it took some of your life, so you really can only do that as you get down to your last bar or two, and you're just constantly Cyclone sent, uh, spinning just to survive. So, number 14 on this list is another throwback to a previous podcast, which is also the 80s video game movies. Uh, 80s movies video games podcast. Uh, a couple of years ago, it's the Karate Kid. There's only four levels in this game, and I, I know I said that about um, Top Gun, but isn't it like it's it's like three to five levels in Top Gun, right? It's not many levels. Yeah, it's not. There's not a lot in either one of these, and four levels in this. I remember this very vividly being tough for me. You know, yes, I did eventually beat it, but when you're looking like at the um, when you're doing the ice break. That was like the hardest thing to me ever to do that to get the timing right of the buttons. I don't, st- I still don't think I've ever broken all pieces of the ice in that little bonus levels there. Um, you know, you had the fly catch. I eventually got pretty good at doing that, and the swinging hammer was the other one, and that one was tough too. I just what what was I up really with the eighty movies, the eighties movies, video games being so hard? What's up with that? I can tell you why. Two reasons, I believe. Uh, <laughs> number one is, I forgot what was their name. T-J-N-J, it, oh my, it was like nothing but letters, like three letters. Mm-hmm. But there was this one company, one publisher, L-G-A, L-J-N, L, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they did a lot of the license stuff. And so, A, they knew they were going to sell the game because it's licensed off of you know a movie or wrestling or whatever. And then I forgot where I read this before, but I mean, basically they stated that they made Nintendo games difficult because, you know, for 40, 50, $60 a pop, they didn't want parents getting PO'd that they wasted their money because, you know, little clear fire beat a game in three days. And now, you know, Hey mommy, daddy, I want another game. So they made some of these Nintendo games difficult on purpose. Now, Karate Kid, I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I've heard that before, but I really don't remember the game that well. Dude, if, you, if, you can, if you've got a ROM of it, go sit down and play it. And I promise you, within the first five minutes, you're going to go, holy cow, this is a tough game. Because <clears throat> the actual gameplay itself, I didn't feel like that was too terrible. It's when you hit those bonus games. And some of them were just, the fly catch was the easiest out of all of them to me. But then you've got the swinging hammer that you're standing on a pillar and you're having to jump over it in certain patterns. It's just, it's, it's just really tough from, from what I, uh, from 
my memory of playing that one. And then the icebreak was just to me stupid tough. Like it just you now is the game oh difficult because of the game design or is it difficult because of controls? Because, I mean, let's be honest. There's some Nintendo games and some Super Nintendo and Sega games that are difficult, not because the game's difficult. It's just because the controls suck or unresponsive or et cetera. It really could have been the it really could have been racked up to sucky controls. I mean, I, I get, you know, and this, this is a shot at Hollywood. I know how he doesn't like the slippery controls of Sega Genesis. But come on, some of the controls of some of these Nintendo games were just ridiculously bad. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, yeah. just just so bad. Uh, so, all right. So jumping up to the next one, which, you know, I kind of cheated a little bit and saw the blurb down there in the bottom of it. Yo Noid at number 13. And I know that uh, I'm going to do a shout out to Rob from Rob and Rob on this because he recently um, in the past year got it, played it and beat it. And so... Yeah, I played it a little bit. You know, it's based on the char- the Noid character from Domino's. I don't know if any of y'all out there listening remember that, but go out, look it up. It's really funny. It's a funny looking character. The commercials were hilarious. I think they brought him back, you know, in the past year or so for just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was tough, but I don't really remember playing it very much either, so... So I I never played it. I've seen it, and the only only story I can't speak on the game itself, but I do have a funny little side story on this. Is basically like I said, we were usually behind in getting con- game consoles. So I will remember this. I got my Nintendo from Santa, uh, Christmas of eighty nine, I believe, or ninety, and so my birthday's in February. And so between birthday money and whatever, I had enough money to buy my first Nintendo game other than Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And the two choices I had were Yo Noid and Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. I obviously chose Dracula's Curse, which is why I'm such a huge Castlevania. And actually, probably one of the main reasons I'm a huge video game uh, nerd and honestly, if that game is not in this top 10 list, I'm going to be very upset because that, that game took me, I think, eight months to beat. I'm hoping it's on there. If it is, we'll talk about it. If not, it'll be an honorable mention. But it, it better be up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of memories with this Yonoid. Um, I just remember it for the Domino's Pizza commercials. So if y'all haven't seen the game or know anything about this game, go check it out. Go look it up on the, uh, on the Internet. It's called Yonoid. Number 12, this is going to be a throwback to another podcast for us, but this is a recent podcast when we were doing the H and Halloween series, and this is Friday the 13th at number 12. Yes, yes, uh, you guys, I love that. That's actually one of my favorite uh, podcasts you guys have done, and um, I love the game. I love the game back then. I never hated on the game, and it is difficult, and I mean, things you do or do not know as a young kid, and this goes back to many podcasts where we say you didn't have the internet you might have had a nintendo power all word of mouth so you know it's all trial and error with that game specifically and the furthest i ever got with that game i think was to jason's mother i did make it to the forest to the cave and she waylaid me i think i finally beat her one time and i was down the one counselor with like hardly any life and of course wonderful randomness as soon as i came out of the cave moved like one screen over jason just came tomahawk to that you know tomahawk to the head and i was done and i think that's the furthest i ever got in that game back in the day and just frustrated the mess out of me 
and depending on which meeting that was of Jason, whether that was your second or third meeting of him right then in, in that area, I mean, it, it you were pretty much going to be toast in that situation because you just you had nothing to you know help yourself on that. And two, honestly, back in the day growing up, I never beat it. I played it. I didn't get very far in it. I don't even think I ever got to Jason's mother when I was you know younger playing it. Um, when I played it for the podcast. It took me a while to get in a rhythm to be able to beat it. And, of course, I looked at, I used the trusty internet and looked at some <laughs> walkthroughs and some tips and everything and beat it without cheats. But before then, the only time I had ever beaten it was with cheats. So it was nice to finally accomplish beating it without cheats. But it goes back to the whole thing that we've talked about, especially with, you know, this is why this Nintendo one, you can kind of see why they were difficult then versus what they would be now. You didn't have the internet and you didn't have ways to find out things. You just had to discover it in trial and error. And Friday the 13th is a prime example of that. Very tough game. Definitely deserves to be on this list. I, I agree. It does belong to be on. It does belong on this list, but I'm laughing at the not knowing things or not hearing it from a friend or whatever, because Speaking of that, I think the most random thing I've ever seen in a Nintendo game that I can recall is Castlevania 2, where you're supposed to hold a certain jewel and kneel down for 13 seconds against a certain mountain for a whirlwind to take you to a whole separate area. Now, I don't think it's a difficult game. It's just, and I love the Castlevania series. It's a dumb game. Like, who's going to figure out? There's no clues. There's no nothing. So, yeah, Nintendo games were very random with the patterns, random with the design. You know, because even with Jason, like you have to kill him how many times? Three times? Four three, times? Yeah, before three he's, times. Yeah. Before he's officially dead. Yeah. And each time he gets faster, he speeds up, he changes his attack patterns. It's, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's tough enough to beat him one time, let alone three times. You know, once you figure out the patterns, it's not too bad. But you got to figure it out and you got to figure out which, you know, which counselor to use to be able to do it because they all have their abilities. So. All right, so Friday 13th, number 12. That was definitely well worth it. All right, so the next one, number 11, Fester's Quest. This is a game that I watched <laughs> other people play, but I never played. Oh, I do remember playing it a little bit. This was a three-day rental at Blockbuster before I moved to Forest, and we didn't beat it. I don't recall it being super difficult. I just remember it. I want to say it came out. Because there was the two Adams Family movies back then, like late 80s, early 90s. You had Adams Family and, and I Adam's, say, Adam's, Adam's Family Values was the second one. Yeah. And, I, you know, once again, with the license, you know, the license thing that we're talking about. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember it being overly difficult. And this is where, is a game difficult because the design's difficult? Is it difficult because of the controls? Or in this instance, is it difficult because it doesn't tell you what to do? Because what I remember my friend playing it, was just wandering around killing things, hoping to figure out what to do next. That's what I remember about this particular game. I think it's a little bit of all of that because in the, in the blurb it says, um, maybe this Adam's Family adaptation was just a rush job with finicky controls and a confusing game place. And plus, of course, the fact that if you die in Fester's Quest, you have to start from the beginning. I mean, putting that right there in it is that's that makes me just not want to play the game because I don't like games where if you've gotten really far in the game and you die, it just throws you all the way back at the beginning. You know, that to me is just a ridiculous thing to do. It kind of puts it in a place where you get so far in a game and you die like that, you're not going to play the game anymore. 
No, agreed. And now I do like how a lot of modern games give you that option, though. You know, like a Diablo where, okay, it's you're one and done. You know, it's, but yeah, yeah that being the only option you have, not a big fan of that either. Yeah. All right. So that was Fester's Quest at number 11. Oh, here we go. Uh, we're into our top 10 now. And the number 10 game is Ninja Gadian, Gadian, however you say it. I always say Ninja Gadian. And I do 100% agree that this deserves to be in the top 10. And I remember playing this for our podcast and wishing I were to recorded my video of, I forget what level it is, but there's this platform you have to jump off of and then jump down to, and there's a bird right there that comes across and you have to dodge the bird. I kept on getting pegged by the bird by, I don't know how many times. I is this one, two, or three specifically? One. Is it one specifically? One. Yeah. Is it? I think three. What you're talking about? I mean, all of them. No, are that's what. Like, that's that's, think, that's one. That that's one because we we didn't educate in one. Okay. They're all difficult. Uh, or it could have been three. I don't, again, pers- I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I remember how difficult that one spot was, and I just got mad. It's it's precise jumping, and then what you're talking about, like that's almost. The only way you can pull that off almost is if you do almost pixel perfect run up to that point because it's all timing in that game. Like you have to hit it at just the right spot. Uh, all those games are difficult. Never beat them as a kid. And honestly, I don't think I've even gone back to look to try again. <laughs> to be honest with you, I can't remember even beating them now. I agree. I mean, the only way I think of that you could possibly get past that point easily is that special spin move that you can pick up that lets you spin with the sword sticking out. Yeah, the little fire one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's about the only one that I think that you could do it and make it an easy jump. Otherwise, it's just... Don't get me wrong. I remember playing it a lot as a kid, especially with Hollywood and all all of our friends, and always, you know, having fun watching other people play it, trying to beat it all together. You know, it, it was always fun like that. But, yeah, it was always tough. I don't remember ever seeing people finish it back in the day. So, definitely deserves to be in the top ten, in my opinion. I'm actually surprised it's not higher. I'm a little bit. So, let's let's mosey on up this list and see what is above it. The number nine game on this list is The Adventures of Bayou Billy. This is a game that I rented maybe once or twice from Video Visions and... Probably didn't even remember that I rented it and probably didn't play it very much. I barely remember this game, and this kind of meshes in with a lot for me. This Jackal, and I know some of them have different design plays, but there was like four or five games that were very Metal Gear Solid-ish, or, you know what I mean? Like, this one isn't, but it kind of is. Did it? Was it made by Konami? I'm trying to remember. Yes, yeah, Konami. But... Yeah, I think, uh, if I remember right, the reason this one's hard, I never played it. I remember watching somebody play it, but there's like a middle of the game boss that's just super cheap, if I remember right. There's like a part where the boss is just super cheap. So the main thing about the, in the blurb it says here is the reason why it was difficult was one, tons of, enemy, tons of enemies, uh, some inc- uh, including some memorable alligators. I'm like, so I, I don't remember that, so... But um, the main thing was is this game j- jumped from side-scrolling to driving to shooting levels. So you had all of the different changes in there, which, I mean, to most gamers, that's not a big deal. But, you know, 
once again, looking back at it being on the Nintendo, being, you know, that first generation that most people played video games. Yeah, that probably was confusing and made it difficult, but I don't, I didn't play it, so I don't remember. I mean, like I said, I rented it, probably played it for a little bit, but, you know. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add to it. Like I said, I've heard, I've seen it a little bit, but I mean, I've heard that it's difficult, but there's a lot of other games we haven't gotten to, and I think we're running out of room for that I'm surprised we haven't heard. We are running out of room. That was number nine. Number eight. I think I'm fixing to make you happy, though. Or kind of. Goodness. This is Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse at number eight. Tougher than you're annoyed, okay? Got it. (laughs) And so, and so, since this is your game, I'm gonna let you take it away. Well, what I remember about this game, so it was really cool. You could switch between characters, but you didn't. You shared a life bar. So you you had Trevor Belmont, and I, I mean anybody who's watched the anime or the Netflix cartoon adaptation, you had Alucard, you had Siphon, you had Grant. But what made this game hard was, and I'm this is how much I played the game. You have sixteen life bars, and when you first start playing the game, level one, level two, level three, you get hit two life bars. Uh, when you get to the last couple of stages, you got four hits. That's it. And so, and anybody who's ever played any castle, old school Castlevania game before the Symphony of Night, it's the kickback. So if you jump and you get hit by an enemy, you immediately leap backwards right into uh, pits or whatever. So right off the bat, that's difficult. And then there's the patterns. But when you get to Dracula, Dracula has three forms. And every time you hit him, you're only hitting him for two, maybe three life bars. And one little glitch that's been in a lot of the old Castlevania games is Holy Water. But I don't think Holy Water is available on that last stage. So if you didn't carry it over from the previous stage to that stage and did not die, you don't get like Holy Water to kind of like lock freeze Dracula into place and take advantage of him. So it's skill. It is nothing but skill on that last form. And it's just a difficult game. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was the first game I bought, and it seriously took me, oh my gosh, eight months. I think it almost took me till Christmas to beat it. And and the thing was, that was the old passcode system, which is a lot better than some of the ones you guys have complained about with like 50 kajillion alphanumerics. It was a four-by-four four grid with like an axe or a whip or oh, you know, yeah, one of the yeah. sub-weapons. I remember that now. now that and so I, I had that. a notebook... I had a notebook and it'd be, you know, level 12. And this is me playing through with this guy or me with this person and my partner and whatever like that. But I remember absolutely losing my mind when I beat it. And the hilarious thing is I beat it close to Halloween. I remember that, you know, the whole Castlevania scary game and all that. And I had some friends over and I beat it like a couple of days before Halloween. I remember that very, very well. But yeah, super difficult game. What? We're going to have to do a full-blown just Castlevania series and cover all these games because I think we've got some great memories here stashed away. I mean, that right there is, you know, what got you into gaming. So, it, I mean, definitely is. this game holds a high high place for you. And, of course, the series probably does as well because, I mean, it is a great series. I mean, and it started the whole Metroidvania series of games. True. So... Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see that it's up here in the top 10. Maybe it's in the right spot. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll go up here and check out the other ones. But um, 
I'm not going to rain on your story there because that was great. And I really, really enjoyed hearing that little bit there. And hopefully one day we'll get your whole eight month experience of playing the game. That Let's not. It was it was it was tough. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So moving on up, we are up here now to number seven, which is Bart versus the Space Mutants. So I'm trying to remember this game and I don't think I remember this one very well. I remember it. I think this came out on the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. And I no, I had Bart's Nightmare. So I I don't I haven't played this one. I played a Simpsons game very much like this from what I've seen, but uh I do know I can say that Bart's Nightmare was difficult, so I can I can see this one being difficult on the Nintendo. But I, I don't really have much more to add to it than that. Yeah. So in the blurb it basically says the main thing is is um is most mostly remembered for being incredibly tough on account of the fact its controls are a mess. So going back to that whole thing of games were just basically since it was that first really big popular generation of gaming, throw 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 things on the wall and see what sticks. Well, this definitely didn't stick in the control area. So, all right, we're going to jump up here to number six now, and this is Punch Out. I don't know if this one belongs at six. I, I don't either. I don't think so. I, it's a tough game, but I think it goes back to what we said about Wakantra. You put enough time into this game, you should be able to beat it. Tyson is difficult. Super Macho Man is difficult. Those last two fights are, are not easy. But everything else has either a pattern or a little indicator to tell you when to do a certain move or when to do certain things. So, I mean, once you get those patterns down... Most people should be able to get up to those last two, three, four fights pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I remember it being, um, I'm not going to say hardest. I remember it being tough at times. But like you said, <coughs> as, learn, as soon as you learn the tells, you fly right through it. You know, we all had, we all ended up getting the code to be able to go right to Tyson. So most of the time it was put in the code, when you had everybody over, go to Tyson and see who can beat Tyson today. And that was really it, you know, um, because it pretty much was almost guaranteed that everybody in the room could beat everybody up to Tyson. Um, you might have issues with Super Macho Man, of course, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't see Punch Out. And this is, and the in, image of this one is the specific one with Tyson. So I, I don't see why it's six. Uh, it, I mean, it might go back to the whole thing of no internet. You had to learn things, but even so, that to me doesn't make a game tough. Because even with Castlevania, when you learn it, it's still tough to play it. You know, that yes. I'm throwing back to that game. Even when you learn stuff in it, it's still a hard game to play after you learn it. Once you learn the patterns in this, this game is a breeze. Agreed. And it's way too high, in my opinion, too. Because, like I said, if that's number six, we got five left. And I can think of at least ten games, I think, that are harder than Punch-Out off the top of my head. I'm scared. I'm scared to see what the top five are. All right, so in number five, Mega Man. I'm starting to doubt the person who wrote this (laughs) article very seriously knows what a hard game is. Now, granted... 
when you first play Mega Man and you don't know who's super or whose special weapon is strong against another, yeah, it's difficult. But once again, it's you learn the pattern and it's not bad. You know, it's a pattern game. Most Nintendo games don't go by the RGN, what random number generator or randomness of where things can attack. It pretty much is attacks from specific points. You learn it and you can shoot through it. Now, granted, it is one of those, like we said with Ninja Gaiden, it's a pixel perfect game. If you don't perfect your moves and you're not pixel perfect, you're going to struggle with it. But and once you learn it, it's not that bad. And I would I would argue, I mean, I think there was like, what, six, maybe even seven Mega Mans that came out on the Nintendo before you went to Mega Man. I mean, I know Mega Man X doesn't stand for 10, but I'm saying there was like four, five, six Mega Mans. I don't even know if Mega Man 1's the toughest think, of the series. Uh, 1's not the toughest of the series by far. 2 um, is tough. Two, I mean, I would I'd venture to say that 3 is probably one of the tougher ones out of that grouping. Um... Mega Man X wasn't... It, Mega Man X was a whole different game altogether. Like, uh, yeah, it was a Mega Man, but when you're looking at now, you can find new armor, new parts, and things like that, and actually upgrade Mega Man outside of the special abilities that you get from beating the bosses. I mean, that was different. That was awesome, you know? And Mega Man X holds a special place in my heart because that's just... <laughs> we'll talk about that forever because it's the game that I walked into Walmart and I bought it just because Mega Man was underwater fighting an octopus on the cover. And I was like, I got to get that game. He's underwater, man. That was so cool. You know, I mean, I've said it several times on the podcast and Hollywood laughs at me every time I mention Mega Man X because he's like, that's the only reason why you bought the game. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. Hey, but it works sometimes. <clears throat> it really does. And if, and if we're talking about cover images, Mega Man's cover image was not something that was going to drive anybody to play the game because it was mm. terrible. It was dude holding a pistol. No, this that first one this into was the one it, with the blue and yellow. Blue and two yellow was the one was holding the I was holding the pistol. Yeah, the two one was like number one kind of had like the Tron look with it, and then the dude holding the yellow and blue, so terrible looking and totally did not reflect the game at all. Two kind of reflected the game, but he's holding a pistol. Mega Man doesn't have a pistol. He has a buster cannon. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just... And, yeah, the list is starting to concern me because, once again, I, I don't even think that's the most... Like, we're agreeing. I don't think that's the most difficult Mega Man on the Nintendo, no. let alone... No. So, all right. So, we're moving up here to number four. So, this is a game that I don't remember playing, Silver Surfer. This one was hard. And a lot of it was controls, and a lot of it was design, if I remember correctly. It's just, the Marvel games back then were hot trash. I mean, like, and it goes back to the whole who who licensed it, who published it. There was an X-Men game, I think, on the original Nintendo. Same thing, design, the controls were absolute garbage. They were, but man, I loved that game so much. I don't know why I loved it so much. Maybe it's just because I was such a big Marvel fan, loved my Marvel comics. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had my DC comics, and I love DC too, but man, it was just something about the X-Men and all of that. And of course, you know, me and Hollywood could go all day long talking about the X-Men uh, 90s cartoon that we watched religiously. Like, we would call each other, wake each other up on Saturday mornings to make sure we were both up to watch it and then talk about it afterwards. I mean, we never missed an episode. It was such a great 
Oh, such a great show. And my child is going to be inundated with it when I think he's old enough to handle it. But right now he can't handle it. He can't handle it, you know, and, and, and if he doesn't respect it in a certain way, I'm going to get mad. It's one of those things that you kind of, you know, as a parent, you don't want to enforce things onto your child and you want to, you know, push your childhood onto them. But then at times you're like, this is my, this is like, like a prized possession of my childhood. If you mess this memory up for me, I will kill you. You know, it's kind of like that feeling there. It's like, you have to respect it. You know, you have to do that. So, you know, I agree with you. And our gamer dad talk when we have it, I, I think, you know, our parenting styles and our decisions and stuff will definitely come into that conversation. So I'll hold off on my comments. But yeah, I agreed. And uh, yeah, you know, sometimes those games just hold a special place for whatever reason that might be. But yeah, this this list is it's not as bad as some lists we've read before, but I'm still no, no, it's doubt. definitely not not a bad one. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad one yet, but I'm I'm disagreeing with these top ones for sure. Yeah, the top ones have been a little flaky. Silver Surfer might belong up here. I don't know about four. Um, the blurb says um, if more people had played Silver Surfer, it probably would be the, the consensus toughest game in, in, in NES history. Um, I, I don't know about that, but like I said, I never played it that I remember. So there you go. All right, number three. I can agree with this one. You, we, we can agree on this one. Battle Toads. That game was tough. I ain't gonna lie, it was tough. I, I'm sorry for me, it was three. tough. It was, well, I still, I still haven't beaten without cheating. I still haven't beaten the stupid jet speeder uh, stage. That board right there, that that stage alone is what makes this game belong up here. I, I, I totally agree on that one because that that jet speeder stage is just. Who came up with that? And, I mean, it's just like you're in this pink, blobbish kind of place on this jet ski-looking thing, trying to dodge walls, and then all of a sudden ramps. And then you have, you're dodging walls, dodging ramps, or dodging walls, jumping ramps. Then you have to start going over and under hurdles. And then you have ramps that you have to actually jump up to. It's just crazy. It's just like, let me throw every single challenge I possibly can think of at you Riding a jet speeder to see if you can actually beat this board. I've only beaten this game with a game genie, with cheats. Being honest, owning Same that here. one right there. And then that jet speeder one, the only thing, that the most frustrating thing. So this is where there's a fine line between a game being challenging and you loving the fact that you beat it and you just never want to see the game again. And for the jet speeder one, me and my friend rented the game multiple times. Always got stuck there, and I want to say that on the third rental, the night before we had to take it back, we got to that stage, and I want to say, and I could be wrong, we got to the absolute end and died, and we knew we were at the very end because we had seen somebody beat it before, and I just looked at him. I was like, dude, I'm done. Like, I am done. I never want to play this game again. I don't want to see this game. I don't think I touched it for 20 years after that. This game is the game that probably first ever made me full-blown rage quit. I mean, it's just that that speeder board alone right there is just, that that's enough to like, I'm starting to get a little anxiety thinking about that. That's how much I it's hate that not board, you know? It's just like, game. oh my gosh. I think the top two, I'm assuming the game that made me the way you're talking about is in the top two. We'll see, though. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what the top two is, but I'm glad that Battletoads is three. 
Agreed. It definitely top three. Absolutely. Definitely worthy of three. Now, for number two is Ghosts and Goblins. Agreed. That that that, that deserves to be up there. I, I know. I'm kind of. It's kind of like. Does it deserve two or should it be bumped down to three? That's just kind of where I'm flaking there. No, it was a tough game because it's mean, a tough game. To beat that game, to beat that game and get to the very end for it to tell you you have not beaten the game and you had to play through the game again. As difficult as that game was, uh, yeah. I, when we get the full list, maybe we can go through one, two, three. I have no arguments here. It top three for sure. I, I can't. Oh really yeah, definitely top three. So yeah, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. The whole point of you get to the quote unquote end, which it's only halfway, and it tells you you got to play it again to beat it, and it's just like you you, you want to throw your controller at that point because you just died to get there. All right, number one. I'll let you try to throw a guess at it, and I'll give you a hint. It is a Konami game. Well, then, that's funny, because I have two thought processes here. I think everybody's typical guess would be the original Ninja Turtles, but I do have a wild card Konami game to throw in there as well. Life Force, the shooter game. I, I, I remember that, yeah, I remember that, but um, you actually I hit guess- the nail on the head with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I'm not surprised. And there's two things that stick out to me. Everybody's going to say the sewer stage, which I 100% agree with. But one of them isn't even difficult. It's a design, I would say, flaw that was so irritating. And anybody who's ever played this game will know what I'm talking about. Early on in the game, because a lot of Ninja Turtles, if you played it, with the side-scrolling portion of it, you have to do jumps and, and you know, whatever. Whatever weapon or whoever, whatever Ninja Turtle you got. But there's this part where you go from the bottom left over to the right, up, and then from the top right, you work your way to the top left. And there's this one little gap. And you try to jump it. And you fall down. And you fall down. And you fall down. And you finally learn after 57 jumps that you can just walk across the stupid gap. I'm losing it right now because <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times me and Hollywood has complained about that one part of that game. Like we, we, it's just so funny that you bring that up because I don't think you've been on the podcast that we talked no, about any of I've that. I've never heard you guys talk and about the, that. It's, it's hilarious that you say that because that's what we talk about too. Every time we talk about uh, Turtles One, it's it's not the sewer stage. It's not um, any of that. It's that one piece right there because. You just walk across it. Then why did you make it look like a gap to jump? You know, it's just one of those terrible design things. And oh my gosh, yes. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was I was over here. On I, my saw you, I saw you. I saw you. I saw you getting oh excited. But the sewer stage is hard. The sewer stage is hard. Oh yeah. Um, and I would say, is it the most difficult game? I think it's the most difficult game that was super popular because people with Ghosts and Goblins were very either all in or all out on that game. You played the first stage yeah. and you knew either that's your flavor. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of, uh, was it From Software, you know, who does Elden Ring recently, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dark Souls and the, you know, some people love a great challenge. But I think going back to what we talked about, the original Nintendo, you know, and there was a lot of, uh, what's the term? I can't think of it, but where you, they just throw out a lot. They, I know Nintendo kept it to a minimum, but there was just a lot of games that were made. 
And so if you've never, you know, you get a Nintendo and you're just like, oh, what's this? Mm, I don't like this. What's this? Mm, I don't like this. What's this? Ooh, I like this type of game. I like platformers. I like action games. I don't like RPGs. I'm a big RPG fan. You know that. But, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I, th- I think uh, I think most of us here at H&K are RPG fans. Uh, so Yeah. But uh, I don't know if Ninja Turtles is the most difficult Nintendo game ever made. I do think it's the most popular game that's difficult that most people have played that's what i was gonna say it's probably the most popular difficult game because when you look at games like battletoads uh, that's by far more difficult than Teenage Mutant turtles i can eventually get through the sewer stage i can eventually get through all of this game i, I can't get past that stage without cheating that stupid jet ski stage in battletoads can't get through without cheating ghost and ghouls I, I'm, I'm i'm of the i, I ain't with it gamer because i played it that first stage and it just whooped my tail i put it down i never rented it again because yeah back then we didn't buy a lot of games because our parents didn't buy these games for us you know um me and hollywood have mentioned it several times most of the time throughout the uh, throughout a year you only bought you know only got a game or two a year you know the rest of them we rented or whatnot and that's how it was but most of these games took us forever to beat you know we didn't have or we didn't use cheat codes most of the time and we didn't have the internet to look up strategy guides. We just had our friends to talk about it and strategize at school and then go home and try to beat it and then come back and talk about it later. You know, we had that whole conversation thing going on there. So, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it's just the popularity is what makes it a quote unquote top tough game. I think Battletoads is the toughest out of all of them. Just that one stage that we kill. I mean, it is basically muscle memory to the extreme. You know, or reaction. You 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 have to have the extreme quick reaction just to respond on the fly. As as you get halfway through that stage and more, uh, Ghosts and Goblins is probably overall the toughest game because the I mean, Battletoads wasn't tough till you got to that stage. And if you can get past that stage, which I did with the Game Genie, it wasn't that difficult. No. After that, um, but there it's are just some that games. Evil stage. There are some games. So, what are your were, honorable mentions that you've got th- that you were thinking? Because you were sitting there saying the entire time. Oh, I hope this game is there, and I can kind of tell that we we missed a few of those games, so share those games with us. Well, Life Force, I think a lot of the old shooter games, I mean, shooter games, you know, the side-scrolling shooter games, um, Life Force and Gra- Gradius, Gradius, however you pronounce it, I mean, those games are difficult. Like, shooting yeah, games are just difficult are. in general. Um, I'm wondering if that list limited itself to one game per franchise, because Castlevania 1's difficult. Like, that's a difficult game. I think... It's more platforming than the the patterns are easy. It's it's the and if you've ever played a Castlevania game, it's not Dracula, it's not Frankenstein's monster, it's Medusa heads and bats running at you while you're trying to jump across a platform. Same thing with the Ninja Gaiden. I, you could have put all three Ninja Gaiden games in the top twenty, and I would have agreed with that. One, two, yeah, three. you got a point there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say that he had any rules on how he listed this, but. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put uh, Chris Morgan from Yard Barker on blast for this list, too, as well. Um, dude, you, you need to go back and play some other video games on the Nintendo before you call this list uh, the complete list. Now, granted, it's definitely better than some of the other lists we've gone through, but it's got it's got its it's got its holes. But I mean, too, it's it's opinion based. Yeah, this one isn't like one of the ones that was done with the formula, even though the formula, the one that we did was horrid, 
You know, that that I think made it worse than anything. I would have rather had the opinion based than the formula because it just was like, those are ridiculous, dude. I'm I'm really trying to think through some of the other games. Like I said, the shooter games are what really stick out to me. And uh, Konami made a lot of those. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, Karnov, I thought was a tough one. I mean, I mean, it shouldn't be in the top twenty, but it's it's it was a it was a tough one for me. I remember Wizards and Warriors being kind of tough too. Yes, that games. one is a tough one. And that's and now as we're talking, because like I said, this is completely on the fly. So I'm really having to sit here and like rack my brain of what Nintendo games do I remember being super. Di- well, that's know, what super makes this difficult. podcast so so fun is when it's just no, on it the is fly. it is on the fly. But I'm just like I'm sitting here trying to think. You know, if you would have gave me, you know, if I had like 30 minutes to sit here and go, oh, that was tough, and oh, that was tough. But uh, I'm I'm really trying to think of what else on the top of my head. But you know, none of Nintendo's games were overly difficult. I thought they were challenging. Like all the Mario games are challenging. They're not. Super, super tough. Um, I would almost disagree with Zelda 2. I think Zelda 1 might be harder in the aspect of you really got to search for those dungeons in Zelda 1. You know, the first couple are kind of given to you, but then, you know, you're like, okay, push the third gravestone, you know, or, and I think it's been a Zelda trope forever where you're like, you have to go through that forest or the graveyard in a certain pattern to even open up the thing that you're supposed to, to find. You know, I think what just made me with made me just totally hate Zelda Two was just the whole deviation from Zelda One, because once you got into Zelda One, you got just drawn into it. I mean, listen to Hollywood stories about Zelda yeah. One with him going over to one of our friends' house and him literally telling his mom, "You don't don't mess with me right now. If you do, I'll <laughs> you know die and have to start all over." You know, I mean, it's just that kind of thing there that Zelda created that. In, in our minds and in our hearts and then you jump into Zelda 2 and it's just like what's this gibberish because literally Zelda 2 to me is a reskin of Rambo yeah and, and I mean Rambo's a reskin of you know this or that or whatever and that goes back to you know uh, I'm really trying to think from a design standpoint I think we did hit a lot of the big ones now there are some games like we talked about that are just hard because the controls suck or they just don't make any sense and then this is just a super cheesy game and I'm sure it's going to come up as you guys have hit this theme here at the beginning of the year. I, I think it's, uh, is it WrestleMania? I think it's just called WWF WrestleMania. And it has like Hogan and Andre. And then like their, their little icons bounce around on the, on the ring as you're mm-hmm. wrestling. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else, man. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. There terrible. are some difficult games. I will say that I do think if you took quote unquote, the average game, for each generation. I do think the games are harder back then than they are now, but obviously you have so many more game more options now. Like, oh, you want to play through like we were talking about with Diablo. Like, okay, this is it. Like this is a you know, permadeath. You die, you're done. This character's done. You got one shot at it. Or yeah, you know, other games along those lines, you know, playing Halo on Super Duper Extra Legendary or whatever the case may be, you know. Or, well, I mean, nowadays you have the actual different settings, the different, you know, yeah. hardness settings or difficulty settings, you know, so you can tone it down or ramp it up, you know, you've got, I, I laugh because like when you start, um, the one that's just most recent on my mind, Cyberpunk 2077, when you start it, it's like, you know, when you're selecting your difficulty, do you want to just sit back and enjoy the story? Or do you want to, like, get in the fight, you know? And I'm like, I'm not 
playing a game to watch a movie. I'm playing a game to play a game, you know, and it just kind of makes me think of, okay, maybe they've gone a little too far with these difficulty settings, just dropping it down like uh, that, because literally they're like, you can just go through and hear the story, basically, is, you know, kind of the way it makes it I sound. know what you're saying. Or you can actually get in there and shoot. I will say this, though, and maybe maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. Uh, because I've gotten older, or we've all gotten older, we don't have the time that we used to have when it comes to this stuff, like... I don't need to beat the game on the hardest difficulty anymore. I don't need that challenge. And maybe I'm getting older. My hand-eye coordination isn't what it used to be. So I'm okay with normal. You know, I'm okay with not going super hardcore anymore to prove a point. You know? Oh, I'll play most of them on normal. I play most of them on normal. I just don't go down to that no, easy I, one where it's like... I get it. Just story. You know? but I'm just saying, like, you know, as I've gotten older, I've just kind of like, man, I ain't got time to master this. I want to have some fun. But, like... uh you know, maybe that's nostalgia speaking, but I do think those games were way harder back then. And Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I, I think 64 is when I would say that generation, I wouldn't say it got easier, easier, but I think it you had the memory to make the options that you're talking about with the settings where you had multiple difficulties. But, you know, you go back to those older, older generations, there was no options. You were playing it on this level, and that's it. Like, there's no easy mode in Ghosts and Goblins or Ghosts and Ghouls or... Gosh, I wish there was an easy mode for Battle Toads in the <laughs> in the, in the uh, level. Yes, <laughs> but no, I mean that was a the, the list was decent. The list the list was decent. It's it's like we said, it's better than what we've seen before. But there's definitely room for improvement there on that. Oh, definitely. And um, uh, as far as the difficulty settings go, I guess Hollywood, you know, while you're listening in your bunker, hidden away from us, um. I give you props because I know you do play more of your games now on a hard difficulty than normal. I give you props for that because, buddy, I don't I don't touch the hard unless I've gone all the way through the game already and know what to expect. So uh, I have to give him a little bit of prop there for that. Yeah, like I said, I've I've I I thought the list was okay and uh, this was fun. I mean, it's it's interesting to go down these uh, nostalgia trips, especially when you're unprepared for them. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I would have to say still, though, I think you would take, if you took a very legitimate top 20 hardest games on Nintendo, I don't think you'd have any competition until you start getting to the PS3, Xbox 360 days when you start having From Software bringing Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And, yeah. And, you know, I take that back. Dark Souls, Bloodborne, all those games like well, that. Well, Ninja Gaiden, actually, when they remastered Ninja Gaiden, was that on the OG Xbox? That That game was difficult. That one was a crazy one. Um, I had friends that played it, and I tried it a little bit. I'm like, golly, what what did you do to this game? It was already a tough game as it is. What did you? It's like you, you decided to throw like hot sauce on it and make it spicier. It's just like, golly, dude, this is tough. So, all right, well, any parting words for everybody? Um, once again, for uh, our boy, please be safe. I mean, been there, done that with you before in the past, but uh, and. That's really it. I thank you so much. I had a blast doing this. Oh, definitely. I I, I wanted to get you in here and throw a curveball at you because when I reached out to Swinging Thunder about doing a podcast, his first thought I know because we've been talking about it was setting up for the Gamer Dad Chronicles with him because he's going to have a great story. I know he is. And he was thinking of that. And then I'm like, okay, 
you're going to pick one of these three articles. And he's like, huh? And I could kind of almost infer yeah. that from the text messages <laughs> going back and forth. So thank you for playing along on this one. This is, it made it fun to kind of have that curveball. And um, hopefully next week we can sit down and record our Gamer Dad Chronicles. I still have to get the Gamer Dad Chronicles out for part two of Nick Demianos. I'm sorry, everybody. Getting COVID, being sick and everything like that, it just totally wrecked me from literally sitting up doing anything. I mean, I, heck, I didn't even watch TV. I pretty much slept. So I apologize for not getting that out. I'm going to work on that, get that out ASAP. Um, if you haven't checked it out, we do have the Zelda 2 podcast that just dropped earlier this week. Um, it's with British Redneck and Nick Demianos on there doing that talk through on that. And it'll give you a good laugh. Um, Clear Fire's fun facts came back in that one. So go check it out for the fun facts because they're about the only fun you're going to get out of that game. <coughs> so, well... Everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you've stuck with us through this hour, um, please check us out. Go to our website. It's www.hnkexp.com. Check us out there. You can like us through our social medias from there. You can listen to all of our podcasts. You can give us likes, follows, shares, whatever from there. You can even leave us voicemails on our website. So go there, check it out. You can even check out any podcasts that we've done. With Swinging Thunder, we have a group for uh, the, we have um, our podcast grouped out. You can go in and look for the podcast that just him, he's on. He's got this. He's in a lot of the Star Wars podcasts. He's basically our Star Wars guy. Which I hope you noticed my shirt that I'm wearing. I did notice today. the shirt. There's a couple things we got to talk once we get done with the recording. But yeah, <laughs> I did. I got my I got, I got my beautiful my beautiful uh, Kylo Ren um, uh, hologram pop. It looks good. On. So I wore that for it Swinging Thunder. It looks really Thunder. good. Uh, it's one of my favorite pop. It's one of my fa- favorite pop T-shirts. I got a bunch of them. So, um, but go check that out, guys. Go listen to some of the podcasts with Swinging on there. He's always got some great insights. When we did the review of the top 100 uh, SNES, was SNES, SNES yes, yeah. he was great on that. Fun podcast list to go check it out, guys. Once again, thank you very much for listening to the H and K Video Game Podcast. And until next time, I'm Clear Fire, and Hollywood's still hidden in a bunker. Take care, everybody.